Section 10 of The Wavy-Tailed Warrior. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Heather Eney. The Wavy-Tailed Warrior by John Breck. The Field Mice Protest. When Stripes Skunk heard that triumph song, he was completely overcome. You see, he hadn't known he was being brave. He was just thinking so hard about poor Kokiakut's wife and what that awful snake was trying to do to her that he forgot to be afraid. He forgot to think about himself at all. And that's the way most people get to be heroes. Now he felt all choked up and sniffly. So the next thing he knew, Dr. Muskrat came shuffling up and asked most sympathetically, Poor Stripes, does it hurt you very much? Where were you bitten? Those fool meadowlarks called out to me five minutes ago, and then they flew right off without letting me know where to find you. Right here, said Stripes, opening his mouth. And he was just going to explain that it didn't amount to anything at all, because it wasn't that kind of a snake that had bitten him, when in Dr. Muskrat popped one of his perpetual root poultices. It wasn't the kind he usually keeps on hand but a special one, from the root of a spotted plantain. But it worked just the same in one way. Stripes couldn't talk while he held it. But he could laugh. He laughed until his sides hurt, for he wasn't any hero to Dr. Muskrat. He was just fat, furry Stripes skunk, to be cuffed and coddled like any kitten. He felt like himself again, so he rolled and giggled until he got some of the laugh out of him, and then he bounced up and began his dancing. He chased his shadow, and he chased the leaves, and he chased his tail until he had all the birds chuckling. And when Meow the catbird perched low and tried to explain the hero notion to the doctor, he tweaked Meow's tail too, and Meow began to squawk and peck his ears for him. No wonder Dr. Muskrat wasn't impressed a bit. He just said, Then you don't vote against letting him stay here? Of course not, shrieked the birds. That's good, said the wise old beast. We're going to have a meeting about it tonight, at Moon Up, down by my pond. The mice have entered a protest. The mice, squawked the birds all together. The mice? What have they to say about it? What can they do? That remains to be seen, said the doctor. They've entered a protest, so all who fly by night must come and put in a good word for him. Yeah, called somebody. I'm going right away now to send the little owls with my vote. No, you don't, said the doctor. I'm guaranteeing that we'll hear them and let them go home again in safety. There are two families who aren't invited, the hawks and the owls. With that, he set off home flapping his front paws and shuffling his hind ones, with his tail making a snake track between them, and Stripes went too. But his tail had a sassy little quirk at the end. Promptly at moon-up, the woods folk began to gather at Dr. Muskrat's pond. Stripes was there already, and Tommy Peel's dog watch to represent Tommy, because Tommy doesn't talk the woods folk tongue and Jake the Jay, and a whole company of small birds who can fly by moonlight. Besides Bob White Quail and the Whippoorwill Pretty, soon Dr. Muskrat looked all around and asked, Where are Tad Coon and Nibble Rabbit? Nibble's coming, answered the Whippoorwill. I just saw him. He's, 
here he interrupted himself he remembered the old bird proverb a long tongue makes a ragged tail meaning that you're apt to get pecked if you talk too much about other people's affairs so he just finished he's on the way both stripes and dr muskrat suddenly wondered why nibble was away so much of the time lately but before they could ask any questions up hopped nibble as careless as you please with a clover blossom sticking out of his mouth he'd eaten it stem first keeping the best till last just like when you save the nice buttery middle of your bread for your last bite but the doctor knew very well that he hadn't picked it in the clover patch over by the potatoes he knew that because he'd just been there besides the whippoorwill came out of the deep woods and he was the only one who had seen nibble hey bunny called the doctor where's tad he hasn't been with me nibble called back i haven't the least idea well where were you then the doctor wanted to know studying sense said nibble but his whiskers bristled as though he were trying to keep from laughing he had a secret all right well you just study a cent or two over by tad's tree and see where he's gone we have to have him just then who should come crawling up but great-grandfather field mouse you remember him he's very fat and old so fat that his tummy drags on the earth like miner the moles so old that his ears are all crinkled he makes as much fuss getting over the ground as a mud turtle and lots more noise with his grunting and sniffling and of course he has a bodyguard of his family he has a tremendous one you know a great big stump simply alive with them watch escorted him to the flat stone where dr muskrat was sitting dr muskrat greeted him we're all ready to listen he said except tad coon we can't find him ugh ugh panted great-grandfather field mouse we'll pass over the matter of tad coon then it's unimportant then we can get down to business crawling crawfishes thought dr muskrat he must know something about what's happened to tad he was puzzled when great-grandfather field mouse said that he was willing to pass over the question of tad coon that meant only one thing he didn't think there was any question he must know that something had happened to tad but it's no use asking anything of a field mouse so dr muskrat didn't try mr field mouse he said we have been asked to meet and consider your reasons for barring striped skunk from tommy peel's woods and fields here we are ready to listen great-grandfather field mouse's crinkly ears began twitching we field mice have had many grievances in times past he sniffled in his high squeaky voice but we have never spoken of them as long as these woods and fields were run in the sensible way mother nature started them off in the first beginning we took our chances like sensible mice but things are changing some of you have made friends with man a thing we have never done man makes no difference to a field mouse so even of that we will not complain but when you make friends with the sworn enemy of the mice a thing from under the earth who has no proper place in the sun i refer to this skunk 
he said as he waved his wriggly tail at stripes it is high time we refused to let him remain he must go and he sat back in a fat shaking heap ah said dr muskrat then you mice'll give up gnawing roots and spoiling plants and go back to the sensible way mother nature started you in the first off beginning in that case i expect we'll have to agree to your demand give up eating roots what do you mean gasped the field mouse yes eat a nibble here and a nibble there leaving the plants to be again as they were before are you willing to change change a field mouse never changes let me remind you dr muskrat that we lived as we do today before any of you were made this earth belongs to us field mice perhaps said nibble rabbit but let me point out to you that if you field mice try to run it there wouldn't be a green thing left to grow out of the earth we'd all starve down to the very last mouse impossible idiotic gasped the mice we will never change never if that is your answer i shall put the matter to a vote does stripes skunk go or stay asked dr muskrat he stays he stays shouted everyone but the mice end of section ten